Hello, STEM Nation. Jeff here, and welcome to episode number 75 of STEM on Fire, where we interview practicing professionals in the area of science, technology, engineering, and math to help guide students interested in STEM careers. If you like what you hear, please share it with a friend. Now let's get fired up today with our guest, Liz, and I hope our chat will help ignite your passion towards a STEM career. Liz earned a Bachelor of Science in Civil Engineering from the University of Wisconsin, Platteville, and has had multiple internships through college and now works for the Wisconsin Department of Transportation. Welcome to the show, Liz. Fill in any gaps and share a bit of your personal life. Hi, hello. Yes, thank you so much for having me on here. Um, yeah, so I actually do work for the Wisconsin Department of Transportation. Um, I'm a civil engineer, transportation senior. So I've kind of graduated to, um, you know, the senior level. Um, and I actually am a project leader. Uh, so I, I'm on site and in construction and like lead projects and, and so forth, which is pretty exciting. Uh, and I can get into that more later, but I live in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So we're out of the, I'm out of the Southeast region. Um, and so everything's kind of split up by regions with like the Wisconsin department of transportation. And then some of, you know, some of my interests that are not engineering based, <laughs> um, are just kind of doing an active lifestyle and then, um, I also participate in a really healthy lifestyle and I do like whole 30 and I do a lot of cooking and my Instagram account is just like filled with just pictures of food, which is kind of funny. And then I also really like to support um, the women in EMS program along with the Society of Women Engineers at UW Platteville. So I'm really involved in kind of the programs that actually got me started. Awesome. Thanks for that great overview. And, and let's dig right in here. So you, you do have a civil engineering degree and you're working for what I would say would be traditional civil engineering, working for a state working on, I'll say, roads. Could you delve into what exactly you do do for the Department of Transportation? Yeah, definitely. Um, so when I first started with the Wisconsin Department of Transportation, I started as um, just kind of like an entry level. So when you're an entry level you um, can either go kind of into design or you can go into construction. And sometimes when you get further in your career, you can actually do both. I am on the construction side. So I'm out in the field. I'm on, you know, on site. I'm within the projects and kind of working with the contractors who are building the project and working with them and making sure that they're building you know, according to specifications, um, they're building it correctly and so forth. Um, so what my position is entails is I work for the backbone construction team. And that's kind of um, a team that we mainly do freeway work. So in Milwaukee, you have like, you know, high, you know, you have international highway like 41, 45. 43, you have all these, um, you know, freeways that, you know, obviously need um, construction projects done on. And so we kind of take that on as part of our team. Uh, it's kind of in between what uh, the region does. So they do more like local projects um, that are not like freeway based. And then there's the teams above us, which uh, do all like the mega projects. So like the zoo interchange in Milwaukee, the Marquette interchange, the Mitchell interchange, um, those are considered mega projects because they're so, so big and such like on a wide spectrum. 
So we kind of just do, uh, you know, the in-between, which is what I really love to do because it's not too small for me um, and it's not too big, uh, which is kind of nice. Um, So we just are kind of working with the contractors, making sure everything gets built, you know, according to standard specifications with the DOT. Um, The great thing about being on the freeway system is um, it's a little bit more fast paced. It's a little bit more detailed. Um, and you just kind of divulge into the, the whole construction experience. Uh, for me as a project leader, I'm kind of leading, leading the project and there's people underneath me. So there's inspectors and then we also call them like functional leads. So you could have a person who's like considered a roadway lead. So they would be in charge of anything roadway roadway based. And let's say you also have like bridge on the project, then you would have, um, a structures lead who's like primarily just involved with the structure portion. And then below those, uh, below those leads, you have like inspectors who are mainly like on site all the time, you know, with the contractors making sure everything's done. And then they would kind of report back to their functional lead as we call them. And the functional leads would report back to me. So it kind of just depends on like how big of a project you're on. Like right now, um, my project is in Glendale, Wisconsin, which is just north of Milwaukee, and we have a team about of five people. So um, I have a couple inspectors, and then I have two leads, and then there's me. So, <laughs> and um, when when you graduate to project leader, you're not in the field as much, which is just so disheartening for me because I love being out in the field so much, so much that I've like volunteered to kind of take on some contractors. <laughs> so like I go out into the field, and they're all like why are you out here? Like, <laughs> you don't need to be out here. And I'm like, no, no, this is great. I, I love being on the field. So there are some aspects to construction that I just can't like physically like give up, like not watching. Um, so that's kind of funny. And a lot of people find that interesting. So, so Liz, you know, it's, you know, road construction, right. As a, yeah. as a non-civil yeah. engineer, right. And I'm driving around and, you know, it's always orange cone season. Um, <laughs> What is one thing that we don't know about road construction that you think would be really interesting for us to know? Um, I think one of the one of the main things that comes to mind, and my background is in traffic control. Um, so I am in charge of those like orange cones that you see out there. And I just I just have such a passion for traffic traffic control as we call it. So that's kind of just dealing with like whenever you come up to a project and you're seeing the orange lines and you're seeing all the cones and stuff like that, I'm in charge of the contractor who's like in charge of all of that and making sure that the, um, you know, the road work ahead signs that those get placed in like the proper, um, area or that you have, um, you know, your signs, you have the correct number amount of signs and like what they're supposed to say on that and, and how you're supposed to tweak them to kind of fit to, your field conditions. Uh, One of the main like misconceptions is um, you'll have a designer kind of put together a traffic control plan. And more times than not, um, your traffic control plan that's on paper sometimes just doesn't really work out in the field. So as a traffic uh, lead, I constantly have to be changing the plan to kind of fit fit field conditions and constantly changing things to fit what drivers are doing. So a lot of people might not know that um, if you, if in the plan, the sign is supposed to be in this correct spot, you know, a specific spot, 
And I'm like, nope, that's not going to work with how people are like viewing it. Or if it's like around a curve, like I'm not going to, I'm not going to install that there. So I would change it um, in order to, to, you know, fit with the public basically. So, so Liz, for the drivers driving around in Wisconsin, for those listening in Wisconsin, would you mind providing your phone number so we can contact you directly when we run across a sign that's not placed correctly? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that, but <laughs> no, maybe just on my projects. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Um, but I mean, the other thing with that is when we uh, restrict lanes. So when we take, we call them like lane closures. Um, when some people are like driving at night and, you know, it says like left lane close ahead or whatever. There are some times where people are driving through that and they don't see anyone working and they just automatically think, oh, I can't believe this closure's up. I can't believe I don't see anyone working. That is that is something that I get asked all the time. And to, to answer that point is you don't know if we're letting something sit to kind of gain strength. So let's say you see a, you see a closure up and you're like, I can't believe no one's working. We might have just poured concrete like, you know, and just did a patch and we're just kind of waiting for it to gain that strength so we can open that lane so traffic can actually drive onto it. So that's, I mean, that's a good example to, to place to people where they're driving through something and they're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I, you know, traffic's backing up and, you know, so forth. Um, that might be like a very good example because we've, we've done that, you know, multiple times. All right. Liz, and we're going to transition into something that really has you fired up in the area of construction, road design, civil engineering, or just anything in general. <laughs> That's a great uh, transition because um, the one thing that I'm super fired up about is traffic control. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I didn't wake up this morning thinking, man, I just want to think about traffic control. That's all I want to think about. Yes, I know. Um, yeah, when I first started with the DOT, I um, never thought that I would just get so excited about traffic control. It's very, it's a, it's a tough, if it, it's a tough job to do. A lot of people don't like doing it. A lot of people don't like being the traffic lead on a specific project because you are constantly changing things. You're constantly adapting to traffic. Um, adapting to your surroundings, uh, adapting to how people ad adjust to things. And it's just, for me, it's fantastic because it's a challenge every day when you're dealing with traffic control. And it's a lot of communication. It's a lot of knowing the correct people to talk to. Um, let's say you have a car accident in your work zone. You know, something happened. Someone was distracted. They didn't see you know, they didn't see all the orange signs or, you know, you had something out of place. I'm not saying that the, you know, the public doesn't react well, but sometimes we make mistakes as well too. So if there's an accident in your work zone, like you have to know the proper protocol to, to go through to kind of con connect with the right people to make sure that your work zone is safe to work with, um, you know, sheriffs or police to make sure that that's taken care of. It's just, it's just very, you have to react really, really quickly and you get to know, um, a lot of people 
by doing that and they get to know they get to know you as well and i've met so many state patrol people and sheriffs and police and it's just really great to connect with so many different entities um to make sure that your work zone is safe and that's ultimately i just have this passion for just people in general and making and just have this care about people and i think that just comes out with me um, being involved in traffic control, actually. <laughs> awesome. So fired up about traffic control. And it sounds like it's really about about meeting people and, and staying out and staying active. And we're going to transition now to an aha moment. Liz, could you take us to a time where you had a great aha moment and how you turned that into success? Yes, definitely. This is going to be kind of, um, it's going to be a kind of a funny story. But when I when I was in sixth grade, I did a toothpick toothpick bridge competition. And that was the moment that I actually became just obsessed with bridges. I researched everything about them. I traveled to San Francisco when I was a you know senior in high school and got to see the Golden Gate Bridge. And it was just like, anytime I saw a bridge, I would just get super excited and super happy. Um, and that actually made me want to take engineering classes in high school, which my high school uh, allowed us to do that. So I actually grew up in Madison and went to uh, West High School, and we had a ton of engineering classes uh, to take. And so I really got involved in engineering in high school, and then I traveled to Platteville um, for an engineering camp <laughs> during high school for a summer and that was just that that you know toothpick bridge was like the start of this passion that i'm now into right now um so something so small and minute uh just kind of set the path for like what i wanted to do and how i wanted to you know live my life and like do my career and so forth and I mean, I took a I took a slight detour because I started in the building world for about a year and a half, and then I decided to, um, you know, go into roads and bridges. And bridges are just my huge passion, and I just love them. And most of the projects that I do have a bridge on it, and it's just it's just so exciting to see them get built. I mean, it really is. And I'm such a nerd for saying that, but that's okay because we're all nerds, and we should all celebrate being nerds. <laughs> Yeah, and, and listen, that's a great story, right? It's that one moment where it's like you you had a project in sixth grade, you build a bridge out of toothpicks. I remember doing the the toothpicks where you had to put a weight on it and see how much weight you could hold. Yes. That's really cool. <laughs> and you realize that, and you took that, and you just kind of ran with it, right? You, you you dug into it, then you took uh, you know courses in in high school, and then you went off to Platteville to do the the engineering summer program, and then you you know you you, you decided to go to Platteville for college and there were some struggles there. So let's, let's dive into that a little bit, if you don't mind. Sure, definitely. Yeah. Um, so when I was in grade school and high school, I struggled a lot with just education in general. Um, I, you know, definitely wasn't the smartest and I just didn't get, I just didn't get things right away. Um, and my, my parents had actually, tested me for ADD when I was in grade school and high school. And I was like, just like on the brink of, of being, uh, being diagnosed with ADD. Uh, so I, I didn't get diagnosed and I, I went off to college at UW Platteville and 
Um, I obviously wanted to go into engineering. I mean, that was like the thing that I wanted to do. So after the first couple of years, I started struggling really badly and I failed a lot of classes. I mean, an, an enormous amount of classes. And I think the one point that kind of pinpoint everything is I <clears throat> was taking calc two and I failed for, I want to say the third time. And my professor was like, you, you need to go to, you need to go back to calc one. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is, this is bad. Like, this is not good. And so I took a summer program and I, I, I took calc one and my professor was like, you need to drop, you are not doing very well. And that was a huge roadblock. And it was just like, everything was like crumbling around me. So I went back and I got tested again for ADD and they did actually diagnose me with ADD. Um, so that first year with ADD was definitely stressful and getting acclimated to everything. I did get put on medication. Um, and then a year later, I actually got diagnosed with clinical depression. So trying to, and if if anyone knows anyone who is diagnosed with ADD or who's going through it, and then they also have depression, getting your medications to basically kind of like sync up and be in line so that you're not a zombie or that you're not, you know, depressed like all the time, it's, it's very, very challenging. And so it took me about a year just to figure out my medications for that. So, but along that way, it just taught me so much. I was just so dedicated to like making, making this work and the faculty and the staff at Platteville were just, they were just so great. And it was just, it just made everything so much better. And they were just willing to like work with me and everything. And I would take, I would take um, tests and I could take them, you know, separately in a separate room. And I got to, you know, really talk to a counselor at Platteville. And it just made being at Platteville just like made everything better with basically what I was going through. Um, and so I was also in the women in EMS program at the time. And I was working with Tammy Salmon Stevens, And she was like one of my biggest supporters through this whole situation. And I started really doing very well on the medication. I started, you know, I had to like retake classes. I only took maybe like 13 to 15 credits a semester. You know, that's all I could handle. And while everyone around me was taking, you know, 18 credits, I really had to make sure that I was doing what I could do and how I could make it work. And then I think one of like the greatest moments of my life was being accepted into the civil engineering program, which for some people, like, that's extremely easy. Uh, but for me, it was ex extremely difficult. Like, you had to be accepted into either your, you know, if you were in mechanical engineering, you had to be accepted into that program. And I remember Tammy coming to me and she said, the whole board, like, sat down and basically discussed you and deliberated on you. And they were like, yeah, we should give her a chance. Like, we should let her, you know, prove to us that she can do this. So that was just, that was like a great moment in, in time. And I really, you know, took that and kind of ran with it. So it did take me about eight years to graduate college. And throughout that time, I did take some classes 
to kind of see if I wanted to change my degree. But like each time I just kept coming back and was like, nope, I want to do engineering. I'm not giving up. I'm getting this degree. And so I started in 2004 and in 2012, (laughs) I graduated and that was a pretty awesome moment. Yeah, (laughs) Liz, that's a great story, right? I mean, you know, I'm going to go back to where, you know, you were in Calc 2 and and you failed it two or three times and they're like, you need to go back to Calc 1. And then you're in Calc 1 they're like, you you need help here in Calc 1. So why didn't you quit? Was it, I'm not even, yeah, why, (laughs) why didn't you just quit at that point? Um, I (laughs) am just literally not a quitter. I, you know, grade school was hard for me. High school was hard for me. I've never, I've just never been a quitter. And it's, it's so easy because there, there is a lot of people that I met in college and they didn't make it in engineering. And they were like, yeah, you know, I decided to do something else. It just wasn't, it just, I was failing everything. And I was like, yeah, well me too. But I like kept going and, you know, and it just, I just have so much passion for this, for civil engineering. And I just have so much passion for my job. And it's really funny because, you know, I take little moments in my job and I just get really excited about it. And most people like don't get excited about it. And I've had so many people tell me like, yeah, you're in the right industry. Like (laughs) you're meant to be here kind of situation. Um, And I think, you know, even though I wasn't like really good at math or science and everyone who gets told like, oh, you're good at math and science, you should go into engineering. Well, we should really start saying like, you're super passionate, you should go into engineering because that's literally what I kept getting told, you know? Yeah, it, I, and, I agree with that, Liz. It's, it, it's not how smart you are, it's how hard you work. And the people that work hard and have the tenacity are ones that make it through. There's, there's tons of stories of the really smart people in high school you know, they go off and they're like, oh, I'm going for it. And they just don't know how to work hard and they can't hack it. And and they do give up and you did not give up. So I applaud you for that. I mean, it it's a great story. I, I appreciate you being on the podcast and talking about that. And, you know, the ADHD, if you go back to episode 57, uh, where I actually interviewed my son who has ADHD and also had Peter Shankman on there who has ADHD, you can get some further insights into that. And the fact that your your brain, when you have ADHD, it runs so fast, and you need to corral that, and you should think of that as a gift and not a detriment. It's not an ailment. It's it's a gift that you have to go off and harness. Yeah, I, I completely agree, because when we have really, really challenging days out here, I mean, my mind is running like a million miles a minute. I'm constantly thinking of like the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, and that's ultimately you know, what you should be doing in engineering is like, you really shouldn't be focusing on the issue. You should be focusing on how you can fix it and like what your next steps need to be taken to it. And, you know, a lot of people don't like talking about mental illness and a lot of people don't want to talk about it or it's, you know, taboo and you shouldn't talk about it because it, you know, negatively affects you in some way. And it's like, no, I mean, I, I talk about all the time. I talk to as many people as I possibly can about it. Um, you know, I'm not on medication right now, which is great. You, you can progress to a point where you don't have to take medication for, for it. I mean, you still have it, but you just don't, you just don't need, you know, need it at that time. And so I think people should really, you know, take that on as like a challenge. Like, uh, this is what I was dealt with. These are the cards that I was dealt. How am I going to harness this and use it to like 
make myself better. Yeah. And, you know, I'll, I'll say that when you go get help, when you go get, seek help, you know, don't think of it as, oh, well, this is not good. If you look at all the successful, successful people in the world, almost all of them have coaches in multiple areas of their life. And you can think as a, when you go in to get help as that's your coach and don't think it as a negative. It's like you need help. Everybody needs help at times. And you just go seek that help out and you go, Hey, I'm going to talk to my coach. And, you know, think of it that way, change your mindset about it. Oh yeah. I completely agree. I think going to talk to, talk to someone is fantastic. I mean, my counselor at Platteville was amazing and I'm so glad I found her and I'm so glad I kept up with it. Even when I started being like really successful in school and, you know, not feeling classes anymore. Um, I still, I still went to her until the day I graduated. So yeah. I think it's, I think it's fantastic. I, I almost wish they would change it from like counselor to coach because that yeah. coach sounds cool. You know, you're not going to, you know, basketball counseling, right? You're going to talk to the, the basketball coach, right? So, right, exactly. <laughs> so, all right, Liz, anything else you want to add that before we move on? Oh, no, I think that's I think that's a perfect end to it. <laughs> all right. So, we're going to we're going to kind of change it up here a little bit. And we're just going to ask for what is the best advice you've ever received along the way? Oh, sure. Um, so one of the best things anyone could have ever told me is, especially going into construction, is always respect everyone in the field, no matter their title. Um, this can be true in every engineering field. So everyone on site or at the factory or in an office building brings something to the table and makes the job or project successful. So having a degree definitely sets you up part, but don't knock others in the field who don't have a degree. And I've seen a lot of engineers come out and think they're, you know, hot stuff and that they know what they're doing. And then the 30 year old um, or the, you know, 60 year old operator or laborer, you know, they, the, this young engineer is trying to tell them what to do. They've been in the field longer than you. They have been around stuff. If you respect them and you ask questions or ask opinions, they are going to respect you so much better and you're going to have a successful interaction and which is going to make the project successful. Yeah, that that's awesome advice, Liz. You know, it doesn't matter what field of engineering you're in, you know, manufacturing is another area where that probably comes into play where you've got uh, people that have been working on the production line for years and years and years and have all this knowledge. And if you try to come in and just tell them what to do, they're going to shut down. It's like you really want to go in there and ask them, hey, what do you what do you think we should do and ask their advice and and that and that's going to go a long way it's going to make your life smoother and you're going to get so much better insights and be able to create a, a better outcome a better result so thanks for that mm -hmm. liz that's great advice yeah. and we're going to wrap it up here liz and i'm okay. going to ask you though for one piece of parting guidance for stem nation and then we will say goodbye sure always travel <laughs> welcome change <laughs> Take chances, and you will never regret the experiences you took advantage of. So always keep that in the back of your mind. All right, Liz. And with that, we will say goodbye. Awesome. Thanks, guys. I hope you enjoyed our chat today with Liz. Head over to stemonfire.com, subscribe to the email list to keep up with the latest happenings, and be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast player. And please share it with a friend. Tune in next where we could talk with Joy, who is an environmental engineer working at Nike. Until next time, I hope this chat has helped ignite your passion towards a STEM career.